Hello and welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler podcast. I am your host, Jason Gitarski, and this is a thing I used to do regularly. I used to get together with friends and talk about great little games that make great big connections because I love filler games. And honestly, I've been a little disconnected from that lately, but I am back, and there are a couple reasons for that. Uh, the reason that I want to be back is because I remember that I like these great little games. Uh, I was kind of dealing with some family issues, some mental health stuff, just a little bit of depression and being disconnected from all the friends I've made kind of around the, the country that are involved in this kind of indie game scene. Uh, and the distance between us um, just made me, those in-between times, feel kind of low. I moved to a new city and it's like harder to maintain relationships and make friends when you're almost 40 in a new town and you work at home. But um, going to some conventions has kind of reinvigorated me. I've been working with projects, trying to get caught up with my little company, Green Couch Games. And I had this cool realization that Green Couch Games is five years old. I have been doing this for five years, and I built some great relationships. Uh, and so to celebrate five years of Green Couch Games, I thought, what better way to do that than to relaunch the 20 Minutes of Filler and go back and have guests that have played some role in Green Couch Games uh, since its formation over these last five years. So that's what you're going to see moving forward. We're not just going to like shill all my products. There will be some shilling, of course, but we're going to talk about where these people have, that I've worked with and built relationships have come from, where, what, where they've been, uh, what they're doing now. Uh, and just what filler games they're playing, because we want to keep talking about the great fillers that, that keep coming out in this awesome gaming scene. So today, I am very pleased to be back with a very special guest, Jonathan Schaffer. Hello. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be hanging out. We, uh, we've recently released a game together, so that's kind of a fun kind of next chapter turn of the page since last time we had you on. Absolutely. Uh, I just got back from Origins, and people were eating filler up, because it was so tasty, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, so how have you heard anything about people who have received filler that has been pleasantly surprising or otherwise? Oh yeah, it's been been very gratifying to see... uh see things popping up as uh, I see people unwrapping their Kickstarter deliveries and and finding it in the finding it in some local game stores so um, I'm very excited to see what uh, the convention season has to offer as we uh, get this in front of more people yeah origins uh, people really seem to dig it if nothing else they saw the cute pastries and they came over and they're like what's this filler oh that's clever ha 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 and then I got to tell them hey it's an actual game <laughs> like it, it has some some uh, some good stuff to it this I call I sold it like as a, a mini deck builder that takes about 20 minutes for one to six players and and it was so easy to teach that people really took to it. And um, I'm really excited about how it's going. So it just hit stores last month. And people, it was my bestseller at Origins. Um, and I am excited to just kind of continue to see how it unfolds. So if you haven't tried filler yet, we really want you to because it's cool. And we put a lot of hard work into it. And it's available now. Um, so, yeah, that's the shilling portion of the show I told you wouldn't happen. But then I just went right into it. Jonathan, also... Uh, 
got together with me today, and we got to play a new game. Since uh, and it's a nice tie-in because filler is kind of this like unique twist on deck building. It's kind of a hand building game, and Jonathan brought out a game that also has a unique twist on the deck building genre. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we played um, Fine Sand, which is, uh, I think, the newest game right now from Freedom on Freeze and um, 2F Games, 2F Spiele. Um, and uh, it is kind of an inverse deck builder, a, a deck uh, deconstructor, maybe. Uh, the theme is a cute one. It's a theme of building sandcastles. We're having a sandcastle competition, but um, the idea is that the winner isn't the person who's going to make the most glorious sandcastle, but rather the person who fools the judges just by getting rid of all their sand. So the judges think they did a great job. <laughs> so any way that you can get rid of your sand is great. And the sand is represented by the um, cards in your hand, and the winner is going to be the person with the fewest cards left as the game goes on. So unlike a deck builder, where you're uh, going to be spending the cards in your hand to purchase more cards, in this game, you're spending cards in your hand to get rid of your cards, and then they enter your tableau where they can provide some ongoing benefits for you. And um, it's been a very surprising game to me because on the face of it, and I think what a lot of reviewers have seen, it seems like it should be just a kind of a cute gimmick on top of a very standard deck builder. Uh, that's what it looks like to people, but the fact that your deck is constantly thinning makes for some choices and strategies that aren't immediately obvious to people who are veterans of games like Dominion. Um, that you uh, sometimes are spending cards to um, just to get rid of other cards from your deck. Sometimes you're planning quite a bit in advance to build up a good hand so you can afford a card that's going to give you a lot of income in the future, but sometimes income isn't actually a good thing because the person who uh, ends the game by not being able to draw might have more cards because they're drawing more cards every turn. So the game that Jason and I just played, it looked like I was way ahead. Yeah, you had a ton of stuff in your tableau, and I was like, he's gotten rid of all of the cards. They're all over the table, but... Yeah, and, but at the end, um, I did have... I mean, I was drawing seven cards a turn and did trigger the end, but only one by one card because Jason's deck was a lot, uh, lot leaner than mine. So that was pure luck that I got that close, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah, and partially, you know, <laughs> when I play a new game a lot, I end up, you know, when I teach it to someone, I always try something new. So uh, that, that <laughs> that's was very kind that's of That's always, uh, but it, it's, been a, it's been an interesting one. It's also, um, I think, uh, it's one of these uh, Fable games, uh, this series that started with Fable Fruit that, um, that uh, the designer had started, which means that every game is going to be a little different than the previous. Um, which is nice, but certainly not the focal point on this one, I think. And I think that has done it a disservice because people are looking at the wrong part. There's some really cool strategy in there that people are missing. Ah, yeah. So, yeah, the, the Fable part was like three cards are different if you want to, right? Like, right. So it's Every a very game. minimal change. I think the thing for me is that the meat of the game 
was a lot crunchier than I would have expected by looking at the box. Absolutely. And I think that's that's probably what happens to my own company, is that people <laughs> like look at my games and say, oh, you make these cute little kids games, isn't that nice? And I'm like, no, but I mean, it's a cute, sure, like you can play it with kids, but there's a little more to it than that. Um, so I would have not expected it like to be as crunchy as it was. Absolutely. Uh, and the sand, the sand, the theme itself is very like family friendly, but it is a, it is a chunky, a chunky game. Um, half the time, I didn't really understand what I was doing because it's so uh, upside down from what you know. I, I kept mm-hmm. wanting. We're supposed to add these these certain cards we pick up and we throw them in our discard pile, and I kept wanting to put them in my hand every time, which is just like not intuitive to me. But like they did create a rhythm in the game with this little disc that moves along your player board to show you what phase you're in, and you're all playing simultaneously, which is nice. Uh, so it, it flows once you get going. Uh, I just didn't understand how I was ever going to get rid of all those cards. And then, oh, hey, like I was down to eight, you know, or nine or whatever. Like it, ha- it happened. So I'm looking forward to, to trying that one again. I think, I think the other thing that might be uh, doing the game a disservice, we, we kind of talked about for a second, was Freeman Freeze's his company. He names everything with this F thing, you know, so it fits his brand and they're all greenish. Um, but he is such a diverse designer. Absolutely. I think yes. you don't know for sure what you're going to get when you're going to get one. You might get Power Grid, right? Like his most famous, successful game probably of all time. Or you might be on the other end playing something like Fuji Flush, which is just like a clever little cards with numbers game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is somewhere in the middle, uh, but I don't think you can just grab any Friedman game off the shelf and say, oh, this is, this is it, uh, without knowing a little bit more about, like, looking more into what you're getting into. Right. There's some things you can expect in terms of his sense of humor and, and inventiveness, but not much in terms of the weight of the game or the concepts. Right, right. So, yeah, I think that Fine Sand is, is worth a look. If you like deck builders, and maybe you're tired of deck builders, maybe you don't like deck builders, I would, <laughs> I would say, like, look at this because this is a different thing. That has some, there's, the engine building is really cool, too. Yeah. There's these three basic actions. You can draw cards, you can build buildings, and then, oh, then there's a hand limit. So, like, but every, every card that you pay for to put into your tableau makes you do the thing a little better. So some of the things help you add better at the beginning of the turn, but drawing more cards. Some are that you can keep more cards at the end. Sometimes you can build more than one building. Um, so like it's it's a neat mashup of those things: engine building and deck. I guess deconstruction. Calling I, I just I don't I want to get away from calling it deck building, right? Because it's such a. Well, it's kind of like uh, how we call everything a roll on right now, even if there aren't dice in it. Right. If it's uh, something like uh, Welcome to, it's clearly a roll and write game, but there's no rolling. Yeah, it's, I guess that just like just it gives you a starting point. Exactly. You know, to it's the vocabulary we're building. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of uh, roll and writes that aren't rolling rights, there's a, there's a couple. There's one I want to mention. A second Chance. Have you played that by Uwe Rosenberg? Oh, it's so simple and good. You get a nine by nine grid of squares like patchwork, and you're flipping two cards, and you have to draw a shape on your board. And if you you each choose one of those two that are showing, and if you can't play one, you get to draw a second one. Uh, and that's like your second chance. And if you can't draw that one, then you're out. So that's just a neat spatial game that takes like 10 minutes that I've been I've been loving. It's kind of on the lighter spectrum, I think, of the roll and write or flip and write or whatever, you know, <laughs> the games with pads of paper in them. Right. <laughs> the, um, 
But another one that I just picked up uh, is uh, Lantern's Dice, Lights in the Sky, uh, which is designed by Chris Bryan and put out by Renegade Games. Now, this is kind of a sequel, standalone game to Lantern's Harvest Festival. I think that's the the full name of the tiling game that that Christopher Chung did uh, with Renegade and Foxtrot. And I loved... Have you played Lanterns, the original Lanterns? So it's super clever, super chill game. You play a tile, but the board is set up so it's diagonal. And whatever tile you play has the four corners on it that have different resources or lanterns showing. And everyone around the table, whoever that corner of the tile is pointing at, gets one. Uh, Gets that resource is pointing at them. So that was kind of the clever twist, and it turns into a set collection game. Well, Lantern's Dice has a similar thing. Uh, There are four dice that you're rolling into this kind of plastic molded thing that holds the dice in a a two by two grid. And they are the different lanterns from Lanterns, the the tile game depicted on the dice. And you get to rotate that to point it in whatever direction you want. So it's similar to like, you get to rotate the tile to figure out what resources you're gonna get. But then that allows you to uh, scribble in an area on the, the your sheet that's in front of you, kind of shade in half of a sheet that matches that color. Um, and But the cool thing that's different about this is that it, it has all these chaining combos. There's these features on the board that if you surround a platform, then you get to shade in an adjacent uh, half a square. If you shade in a canopy it gives you a gift that you can use to re-roll one of the dice or you can use it uh, there's another purpose for which i forgot right now but like it's just this like if you shade in the right thing and make the right choice it leads to like action a and b and c and if you're the star player then you also uh get to take a bonus uh move and it's and that's kind of the round tracker you get to add in a different shaded area and if you can cover these shades in a certain configuration, there are tiles that are kind of these tetrisy. I forgot what they call those to sound smart. Polyominoes. Yes. Polyominoes. Thank you. Polyominoes that are supposed to be fireworks. And okay. at the end of your active player turn, you can launch fireworks if it matches a shaded patch that you have completely filled in, and those are bonus points. Um, then there's a clever Kinesia scoring thing where you're only score you're scoring your fireworks that you've launched, but then you're also scoring the, the second biggest contiguous patch that you've shaded so it keeps you working the whole that's very good yeah the whole lake right (laughs) like um yeah i loved it i I think it's a little thinkier and more puzzly than lanterns which is always surprising when like the sequel has more meat to it than um than the original the the, the theoretically slimmed down version right right so i think i mean they sold out of this at origins and i was able to grab a copy and i and i think that it um i think that it that it's going to be one that people really love. Like, uh, when it hits stores, it's probably coming out soon. I don't know if this is a pre-release or if it's hitting stores now or if it's coming out again at Gen Con, but um, really great game. Uh, Lantern's Dice, designed by Chris Bryan. Uh, yeah, I like that one. Another one I picked up at Origins that's a really cool filler is from Kids Table Board Game. This The theme of this show is friends. I'm hanging out with Jonathan. I'm talking about Chris's game. Um, I'm, t- I'm talking about a game that my friend uh, Helena put out with Kids Table uh, board gaming that was designed by Peter Hayward and it's called Bugs on Rugs and it's a really clever set collection game, uh, kind of drafting uh, really cute art and I was super surprised by this I, I, I bought this initially I picked this up because I wanted to support Helena and then I pulled it up to play with my kids last night and it, it went over so well there's these different bugs and they all score different ways 
and you're going to reveal uh, the four, two, two cards per player into the floor on the rug in the middle of the table, and then an extra card. Uh, players can take turns drafting those cards into their hand, and they all score different ways. And then whatever card is left goes next to the discard pile, and that's the wall. And the bugs have kind of made their way up the wall, and that triggers a different ability that might make players kind of swap cards with each other, swap cards with the wall cards, move the position of the wall cards. Uh, so these cards have these two different uses to them. They score, some of them score based on the color of the rug, some of them score based on sets of that certain uh, bug. Uh, there's a lot more to this game than it appears, which I guess is always kids' table board gaming's like jam. Like mm -hmm. they want to make games that are like work with families, but very having, accessible. Yeah, but they can grow. The families can grow yes. with them, and the adults can enjoy them on their own. So bugs and rugs. This was a different one for them because they went straight to retail with it. They didn't do a Kickstarter for it. Uh, so I'm, I'm wonder if it's been under the radar at all. But uh, it's really worth worth checking out in that ten to fifteen dollar range. I think um, really good game. I think it plays from two to five players, and it takes about twenty minutes. To play, um, so definitely worth checking out. Do you have any other like fillers you played recently that come to mind? Um, filler level. I mean, we're, we're playing a lot of the a lot of the classics. A lot of Quicks and Quinto are still. Oh yeah. Are still, uh, even though they're themeless, they're just very very solid roll and write games. Um, and uh, so that that's been. Um, that's been filling a lot of our time. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's see what else, what other uh, games we play. Uh, Ink and Gold is still um, so yeah, easy. So to, classic. It, it's been a go-to for larger groups. Um, good for for uh, lunches at work. Uh, just one, yes, is uh, been a huge hit. That's it's, one of the Spielajar nominees. It right? is, and. And a friend of mine who's irritated. There's a friend of mine who's irritated about that because he thinks it's too simple for what Spielberg's Yaris used to be. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but, I see uh, that because it's definitely more in the party game vein. But it is a case of a just a brilliant concept that I wish I had come up with first. <laughs> it's so simple. It's one of those that uh, um, everyone's working together to try to get one person to guess a word, and everyone else gets to contribute one. A one-word clue, which should be really easy, except if two people give the same clue, then neither of those clues works. Uh, wow. Neither of them is revealed. It's kind of boggle-like in that sense. Sort like. of, yeah. Except, <laughs> except it's even worse, because the more people that match, the fewer clues there are left for that person to hear. And they, because the ones that match are the ones that are eliminated, it means that the best clues are always the ones that get eliminated the ones that uh, everyone thought of. So it's only the weird clues that uh, make it through. So it ends up being kind of closer to code names, I'd okay. say. Oh, awesome. In terms of the kind of lateral thinking that's involved. And so people are always trying to figure out how do they clue the thing in a way that that person's going to get but is, but is unusual. Like there was a recent one where... Uh, I just remembered that uh, we played and the, the word we were trying to get, get them to guess was straw. And everyone was worried about, you know, you don't want to say drink or you don't want to say bendy or any <laughs> of these words because other people are going to say it. So there were just, you know, very mm. strange things. Uh, I believe my clue for it was Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, Because yeah. I thought, well, if they're kind of thinking in that vein, maybe that'll tip them off that they're talking about straw. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, sounds weird. I'd like to try that one sometime. Sounds really good. 
what else have you? I know you you design games uh, and you help run the uh, the Grubs group. Has yep. that been Grand active? Rapids Unpublished Board Game Society. Yeah, how are things been going there? We still meet um, every alternate week at uh, Out of the Box Games here in Grand Rapids, and it's been well attended. We we um, it's been. We, we basically always have at least two, sometimes up to four simultaneous games going. We have enough people to run oh, that many awesome. tables. So it's been really positive for getting all of our uh, creative juices flowing and, um, and seeing what people are working on and make, make each other better game designers. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'll have to make it out to that again. So speaking of being disconnected from people that like I like who are right here in my own city that do, <laughs> do something on a regular basis. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, well, Jonathan, it's been really cool to, to have you on uh, and kind of catch up briefly and t- play a game together and Absolutely. talk about cool games that are getting me excited to play more games. Um, before we go, I just want to mention, you know, we mentioned Lantern's Dice by Chris Bryan. I do have a Kickstarter that is... Uh, uh, just just launched uh, that is designed by Chris Bryan called Darwinots and it is kind of our, one of our bigger games but it still plays in about a half an hour so I think it's just, I think I'd categorize this as super filler uh, we our work is done by Vincent Dutrait it's got elements of worker placement and tile placement and set collection um, it can have a little bit of a take that element of manipulating the board uh, to mess with people and so, so it's got some interact interactivity uh, it's been pretty well received by all the reviewers so far, and I'm really excited for you all to go and check it out as well, because uh, it's a game I love to play, and I hope you love to play too, and uh, you know, when you support our great little games, then we can keep making great little games. So uh, please give Jonathan's game Filler a look, and his previous game, uh, Stroop from Grand Gaming Academy, is a great game if you like those visual perception speed type gigs. Uh, it's a really clever, clever game. Uh, Jonathan, where can people get a hold of you if they want to stay in touch? Well, you could if you um, if you use Twitter but but hate ever seeing a tweet. You could <laughs> follow me at uh, at Uncle John Bob J O N B O B. That is uh, theoretically my account. You can at least reach me there. You just won't hear anything from me unsolicited. <laughs> nice. What about um, Grubs? Is there a place that where you gather the people of the, the Grand Rapids Unpublished Board Game Society? Yes, you can um, find our website at uh, grubs.link, um, or you could uh, search for Grand Rapids Unpublished Board Game Society on Facebook. That is, if you if you. Uh, are willing to give Facebook all of your personal information to sign up. That's where um, that's where most of the conversation is happening. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for being on here with me and playing games with me and getting me excited. Thank you all for listening. Uh, welcome back. If you're new, uh, please subscribe. Please share the show. We've got a back catalog of something like 80 episodes or so. You can hear about other fillers and uh, kind of how my little company, Green Couch, came to be because that history is kind of sprinkled in throughout those 80 episodes. So I'm excited to be here for five years with Green Couch Games and looking forward to what is next. Um, but that can only happen with your help, letting people know that we exist. And uh, just show, share the podcast, subscribe, you know, do things, get, get involved in our Facebook group, the 20 Minutes of Filler group. If, you, uh, if you're on Facebook, it's a, it's a great place to share your love for little games. Uh, until next time, get out there and play some great little games. <laughs> <laughs>